Amen, amen. Pastor Emily, it's so good to see you. I wasn't here last week when you came back, but you preached a great word last week. Did she not preach a great word last week? So encouraging, so encouraging, and I'm so grateful for your partnership here at the bridge, and I'm glad you're healthy. Praise God. I mean, you know, it's tough. It's tough when you're not, right? And I'm just so thankful that, uh, that God is working in you and through you. Thank you. Uh, great to have Trevor and Katrina with us today. Again, I, I always love it when they come. It feels like family coming back to visit, and I, I just really appreciate Trevor and Katrina and the team just leading us in worship today. So beautiful to love on Jesus. I want to say at the outset of this series that, I mean, if, if you come away from any, with anything from this series that we're about to launch today, I'm praying that, that you feel the embrace of God. That you, that you truly understand just, man, I'm going to get emotional here, how much he loves you and how much he put into you in creating you. And that's what this series is really all about. It's to inform you and to inspire you towards God's creative intent related to you. Now, you will also develop an appreciation for the person sitting next to you and for the world in which you live in. There's, I don't know, 8 billion people in the world today. 40 million of them are here in Canada. And there are 8 billion different, unique individuals. And you're one of them. And one of the ways in which we honor God is by, number one, we who are created by God, recognizing his creative intent, and we'll talk about how we can do that in this series, but also recognizing the uniqueness of the person sitting next to you, your spouse, your children, and respecting God's creative intent in them, not superimposing even your own, but rather respecting and giving room for what God wants to do and seeing a personality blossom or spiritual gifts being put to use. So, man, I, I just am excited to be opening up and sharing this series with you. And I really, really, at the end of the day, you're not just saved in the name of Jesus, you are transformed. And, and God wants to take you to high places through his son, our Lord Jesus Christ. And he does that through, through teaching us, through transforming us, and then we begin to impact the world in, in a very transformational fashion and way. So God bless you, and, and, and may God bless us as we make our way through this series between now and the final week of, uh, no, not the final week, the first week of September. That's how long we'll be in this series. Okay, so you don't have to travel very far in the world until you discover very quickly that God loves variety. God loves variety. He's made all shapes, sizes, colors, intensities. He has made an incredible kaleidoscope of diversity in this world in which we live in. Did you know that there are over 300,000 species of beetles, 300,000 species of beetles. Now I'm thinking 50,000 is enough. What, 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 I'm just thinking God had a day where he had some time, 
And of course, we know God's not got time constraint, but he had some time and he thought, let's just keep going on the beetle thing. Let's just keep going on it. 300,000 species of beetles. Amazing. In one cubic foot of snow, by the way, there are 18 million snowflakes. And not one of those 18 million snowflakes are the same. Nobody else is going to see it but God. He loves variety. Please know that. God loves variety and appreciates and has lent himself towards the idea of diversity. So he likes variety in people too, by the way. Have you ever had to wait for a flight and you're just watching people parade by? God loves variety. I'm a people watcher. Sometimes Deb will be at the mall and she'll head on into Aritzia or some store and I'm thinking, I don't belong in that store. You know what I mean? I just don't belong in there. I mean, Deb will invite me in every once in a while to see what she's buying and get my opinion, and, and I enjoy that. But oftentimes, I'll just sit on the bench outside here at the Markville Mall, and I'll just, like, watch people. Smile at them as they, as they go by. Some smile back, some don't. I always find that interesting, you know? Uh, but, but it's people are so interesting, and I, I just love people, and I'm a, I'm a people watcher for sure. So God loves variety, and he made every single human being that you've ever met, every single human being that you're going to meet, God created them. So there's an appreciation for God's intentions when you look at people and you say, wow. Psalm 139, verse 13, a beautiful verse in the Bible. In the Good News Version, it says, you, God, created every part of me. You put me together in my mother's womb. And when you look at the original language, it literally means you designed me in my mother's womb. And you go to verse 14 in the Living Bible, it says, thank you for making me so wonderfully complex. It is amazing to think about. Your workmanship is marvelous. And then there's Job, chapter 10, verse 8, another fantastic verse that says, Your hands, God, formed me and shaped me. And I want you to just note that word, shaped, because that word, shaped, is going to become the, uh, the, the acrostic by which we actually deliver a sermon week after week after week. So we're going to go S-H-A-P-E-D right through, six weeks. And we're gonna talk about what each one of those things mean. God literally has shaped you. So from these verses, we learn three foundational truths. Three foundational truths that have everything to do with this series. Number one, I am unique. You are unique. And I, I shared this a couple of weeks ago that when I do premarital counseling, I start with a section of teaching called the uniqueness of your partner. And the first thing that, that there needs to be in the success of a relationship, and it can be a spousal relationship, but can also be just a friendship, is this unbelievable respect for God's creative intent where you look at someone and you think to yourself, they are, they are altogether other than me. In other words, sometimes in, in relationships, 
We think that everyone thinks like us. We think that everyone feels the world, senses the world, interprets the world, filters the world. We think everyone is seeing it the same way we see it. And the truth of the matter is, that's not true. Every person is seeing the world uniquely. Every person is sensing it. Every person is experiencing it. And we're called by God to love each other enough to allow God's creative intent and what God is doing in the other person to become ever so real and to not have to control, to not have to have someone see things our way. So this is what God wants for us, and we have to trust that, that everyone that we come in contact with is unique in and of themselves. The second thing I want to say is that we are wonderfully complex. The text tells us that we are wonderfully complex. How many of you married somebody who's wonderfully complex? Yeah, yeah, you're elbowing right now. I can see it. The fact is, you are so complex, many times we are a mystery even to our own selves. Please hear me on that. We are so complex, we humans. We are so complex that we are a mystery even to our own selves. And there's an acknowledgement that is healthy when we realize that, just when we think we've known who we are and what we're all about, there's some new thing, new wrinkle, new nuance that gets revealed in our lives. Have you ever acted in a certain way that surprised you? The incredible thing is, is that life comes upon us in such a way that it squeezes out of us sometimes things that we've never seen before. We never knew we were capable of. It can be good, it can be bad. Life presents in such a way that we are surprised even at our own selves at times. Again, for good or maybe not so good. Have you ever said something that you later thought, what was I thinking when I said that? Have you ever felt a certain way and later you thought, why do I feel this way? What's happening to me? We are all really a mystery to our own selves and it's healthy to actually, while even getting to know God's creative intent, to realize that really we are a mystery even to our own selves. Have you ever been in a group and everybody reacted one way to a circumstance and for some reason you responded entirely differently? You are unique. Sometimes you don't even know. You think, why am I responding so differently than the group that is around me? So I am unique, I'm wonderfully complex, and the third foundational thing that you need to understand is that I have been shaped for a purpose. I have been shaped for a purpose. It's not random. There, there's an assignment called life that God brings in and he enlightens us towards. When Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life, he's turning the spotlight on the way in which life was meant to be lived, the way it was meant to be experienced. And and he had a purpose. And he said, I came to fulfill the will of my Father. And he says to us, even as God has sent me to fulfill the will of, 
his will, I am sending you to fulfill his will in the world in my name. We are all called upon to fulfill a purpose and God created everything in the world for a purpose, everything, including you. You're not here by accident. You're not just taking up space. One of my joys as a pastor is meeting new people. Now I know I've shared with you I get sort of nervous, I get a little bit, a little bit sweaty, I've talked about that, and I, I, I get like a little anxious in crowds, you know, in fact, more so, interestingly enough, the older I get. But, but it's interesting that, that I also have this pastoral thing that is going on inside of me where I love people. And, and I love meeting new people and I love hearing their stories and, and experiencing their uniqueness. And I, I find that being the pastor of the bridge, every time I, I walk through that, that atrium, I'm experiencing a lot of God's mystery in, in, in you and in the way in which we interrelate, the way in which I see you interacting with others. I, there's so much mystery to it and it gives me joy to experience you, to experience us, to experience God amongst us. It gives me joy and we're meant to fulfill God's purposes, and it brings joy to our hearts. You were planned at birth. God did not simply sit down at a computer and randomly access a bunch of spare parts and make you. No, no, he created you with tremendous intention and originality. So today I just wanna, I wanna overview what the series is gonna be. That's what today's sermon is. I wanna share with you the five parts of your God-given shape. So the very first thing is your spiritual gifts. We're gonna talk about how God, when he comes to live in your heart, he enlivens your giftedness. He inspires you to use these very special gifts that God has given you. And there's some 20 to 30 gifts literally listed in the New Testament. And we're exhorted in this text that says, each man has, or each person has their own gift from God. One has this gift. Sorry, yeah, one has this gift and another has that gift. And there are at least 20 to 30 of these listed in the Bible. And we're going to look at them in detail starting next week. So that's spiritual gifts. That's the S in the word shape. The second thing we're going to look at, the second week of the series, or the third I guess it's going to be, is the heart. H stands for heart. God has purposely given you a specific type of heart that responds to the world in a certain way. It's what drives you. It's what motivates you. All of us have different motivations. We have different drives, different interests. And would you agree that there are just some things that you care about deeply and there are other things that you don't care about overly much? There are some people here that literally, they, 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 it, they, and this can happen in a good way, there is a preoccupation with profit and loss. There's, there's people that look at their, their net worth and they're not looking at it necessarily in terms of value or in terms of in, you know, intrinsic significance. They're not looking at it that way. They're looking at it from the perspective of being a good steward. And they're really, really vivid around the whole subject of money. And then you'll run into someone else who couldn't care less. Doesn't ever think about the bottom line. 
never worries about issues of net worth or retirement or, you know, do I have enough for this or for that? Budgets are like, okay, if we have to live by a budget, then you're gonna have to carry the weight, you know, if you have that partner who carries the weight because I'm not really inclined towards the structure of a budget. You see, everybody's different. Everybody's different. And when it comes to the heart, we all have these things that move us. And then there's other things, to be honest with you, they're dead to us. They're dead to us. It's so important, even in marriages or in relationships or in team building, that we understand that our heart has so much to do with the person who's sitting beside us. And the Bible says God has put it in their hearts to accomplish his purpose. For it is God who works in you, inspiring both the will and the deed for his own chosen purpose. God puts desires in your heart. And the way you discover what your heart is, your basic motivation in life, is to ask yourself, what do I love to do? What do I really love to do? What is it that I think about when my mind is able to think about, when it's not able to think about anything else? What do I really dream about? What does my mind automatically turn to? You can't get away from the basic interest that God has implanted in your life. So that's your heart. The third thing is, is your abilities. Your abilities is the A in shape. And in 1 Corinthians 12, 6, it says, there are different abilities to perform service. This is Paul saying this. Look, you got this church that's happening in Corinth. And he's saying to each people, each of the people who are involved in this church, you all have abilities and you're to bring those abilities into acts of service. We all have abilities. Did you know that researchers say that we all as human beings have at least 500 to 700 different abilities that we navigate life with? 500 to 700 different kinds of abilities, and we're gonna hit on every single one of them in three weeks. I'm kidding, I'm kidding. We're not gonna hit on 700 different abilities, but there is such a great, great, uh, a great purpose in, and a great, a great uh, how shall I say, the great value in actually looking at a number of the abilities that people have as, and then being able to look at yourself and say, where are my abilities? And so we're gonna be doing that in a few weeks' time. But abilities are, are these things that you, you come by them naturally. Some people work with wood, some people work with steel, some people are incredibly like, able to function and make things and create things with their hands that are amazing. Other people work from their minds. They're knowledge workers. They work from their point of, of the, their minds and they, they, you know, they're on a computer and they're creating things. They're developing alg algorithms or discovering them. And, and some people are statisticians. And there's so many different things that, that we bring to bear. And our abilities are so diverse. And I, I would believe that you probably have abilities that you haven't even had the opportunity to discover just yet. And that's the beauty of this series, by the way, is we're going to understand that, that whatever it is that we think about ourselves, we need to open our minds up and our hearts up to newness and renewal 
and to new things. Because God has built you in such a way that the mystery has not been fully uh, revealed to you in terms of who you are. And you will spend the rest of your life discovering new abilities. And that's the beauty of life. That's the joy of life is that every day you wake up and you find out that, that you have the ability to do something that you did not know you had the ability to do. It says in uh, Exodus, it says, I, God, have given him or her skill, ability, and the knowledge in all kinds of crafts. And in 2 Corinthians, it says, our competence or ability to do something comes from God. So he's given given us gifts, he's given us our heart, he's given us our abilities, and then there's P, which stands for personality. He's given us a personality. Personality refers to three things, the way you act, the way you feel, and the way you think. And the root of your personality is in the way in which you think because it's from your thoughts that determine the way in which you feel and the way in which you act. We talked about that a couple of weeks ago. Even the Bible says the root of your personality is your thought life. Proverbs 4.23, your life is shaped by your thoughts. Everybody agrees that the personality is incredibly complex, and we'll look at it in this series. Researchers have discovered that there are at least 18,000 personality traits. 18,000. And when you put those in combinations, the combinations are endless. In number of personality traits, you are very complex. Years ago, there used to be this debate over, is personality something you're born with, or is it something you've acquired through your environment? Is it, is it nurture, or is it nature? Which one is it? But there's no doubt anymore about what it is. It comes from nature. You were born with a personality. I'm not saying that life doesn't nurture that personality, but anybody who has had two children knows that there is complete diversity of personality in those two children. And you can see the nuances of it as they grow up. It's a beautiful thing to see. I have three kids and all three of them are different, like very different in personality. All right, and then there's experiences. Experiences is the E in the word shape that we're going to be going through. And God plans our experiences in your life and in my life to help shape us. So we've talked about that a lot over the years here at the bridge. That there is no wasted experiences in God. Imagine that. Imagine that. No matter what it is that you're going through. No matter what it is that you're going through. Whether it's a painful moment or it's a joyous moment. God never, ever wastes an experience, and he has a purpose in mind. It might be to develop you psychologically, spiritually, relationally. There are all these experiences that we have that are so incredible, and and we need to see every day as a set of experiences that are new and fresh, and God wants to do something in us and through us because of those experiences. So... These are the fun things that we're going to be looking at over this next number of weeks. These are the five things that make you, you. And I'm really excited to to be sharing in this series with you. There's three things I want to say in conclusion. One, all five factors are interconnected and interrelated. 
You are a complex combination of the gifts, the heart, the personality, the abilities, and the experiences that God has brought into your life. And each element influences the other. Number one, five factors are interrelated. Number two, your shape is fixed. Your shape is fixed, it's stable, it endures, it's constant. It's, it's fixed by God, your shape does not change. It might evolve, it might grow, you might mature into it, but your shape is fixed. So, beautiful thing that God does for us in creating us in this way. And then the third thing is, your shape is irrepressible. Your shape is irrepressible. You cannot not be you. It's all you can be. There's no escaping you being you. I don't know about you, but these truths rock my world. Because what we tend to do is, is we tend to compare ourselves. We tend to see ourselves in the context of the people around us. And that's okay. That's all right. But there's a temptation to be drawn into comparisons. There's a tendency to be drawn into feeling like somehow you're less than, and some cases maybe more than, which is dangerous as well. And the truth of the matter is, is that your irrepressible shape is something that, that needs to be given air, and it needs to be, it, your sense, your being needs to, to, to bust through, and we need to be as original as God has made us, despite the environments that we find ourselves in. The secret of a strong organization for those of, those of you out there who are CEOs or you're responsible for teams is to put people in positions that they were shaped for. Then you don't have to motivate them. This is their niche. This is where they fit. They're, every person has a, an irrepressible shape. You just have to discover it with them. All right, this is going to be a great series. It's gonna be fun, it's gonna be great. You're gonna be learning some things week by week. We're gonna be putting some tools in front of you. Week to week, we're gonna be like posting them on the, on, the, uh, on the website and you'll be able to go there and you'll be able to learn more and more about yourself with some of these profiling tools that we're going to use. So it's gonna be a great series. That's it, I'm done. I wanna pray with you and then we're gonna worship a little bit more, okay? That's about the most abrupt ending you've ever heard. But I am, I'm done, it's over, so we're gonna go there. All right, let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, I thank you so much for what this series is to be and for your tremendous love for us, the affirmation of that. Father, we are so grateful for the fact that you not only gave us Jesus as a savior, you gave us Jesus as a way. You gave us Jesus as the truth, and you gave us Jesus as a life. And in the midst of that, we can discover who you've meant for us to be. And we're saved not only for heaven, but we're saved for purpose. We're saved for expressing the original intent that is yours related to our spiritual gifts, related to our heart related to our abilities, related to our personality, and related to our experiences. We're looking forward to the journey, God. We pray that you'd bless it in your precious name. Amen. Amen. God bless you as you worship.